Hello, welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. My name is Simon Thompson, host of the show. Thank you again for tuning in. Hope you're a subscriber. Uh, we are syndicated across multiple podcasting platforms. So if you are able to subscribe, that will enable you to get connected to these episodes as soon as we launch them, which is every couple of weeks on a Wednesday. So uh, once again, thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to get back into the technology and we've got a really exciting episode where we're going to get into I think, one of the most talked about areas of networking and cloud-based technologies at the current time. Uh, it's called SASE and we're going to learn all about SASE today and really understand how this is making a difference in the organizations that we operate in. So before we get into that, I just want to quickly remind you that if you do have an episode idea or you'd like to be on the podcast, I would absolutely love that and definitely welcome it. Uh, so please reach out to me on Twitter at Meraki Simon and uh, let's get those ideas flowing and we'd be very happy to feature your thing at a future episode. All right, so let's get into it and I'm going to start off by introducing uh, my guest speaker today, Imran. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, uh, my name is what Simon said. And uh, I look after Cisco, SD-WAN, PowerBuy, Meraki, product marketing. Awesome. And uh, you've been around at Meraki for quite a while now, right? I have. I'm an old timer. So I joined before the acquisition back in 2012. Yeah, a long time ago. Wow. So much has happened since then. So much. I think Imran is joining us from the UK today. And we are transcontinental again on the podcast uh, but we've got an exciting episode to get into. And Imran, why don't we start off with this concept of SASE? I guess we want to understand, you know, where it comes from and why it's such a big deal. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. We do want to, before we get into the deep gubbins of what this thing is, it's very important to have a good foundation and an understanding of where did it come from and how did we get to where we are today? So let's start with the challenges that SASE is looking to address. What kind of market transitions brought us here? So the story kind of starts probably, like having just said when I started Meraki 2012, circa around that time. So if we kind of journey back to what we were doing, what life was like back in the early 2010s, Wi-Fi was just becoming uh, an expected thing wherever you went, your coffee shop. It was, you know, at the precipice of becoming an expectation. The devices you were using, think about that. And then again, think about what devices you were using at work. If you were in the workplace at that time, you were mostly probably going to be in the office. Think about the applications you were using. Now, you might not have known it at that point in time, but the applications you were using predominantly in a work environment, what was going on in the back end is you were using an application, internal application most likely, that was in a company data center, not where you are. And it was kind of, you were connecting through company VPN at that site to that data center and accessing that application. And that was pretty much the vast majority of everything you were doing. Nothing, or there was very little that was internet-based or cloud-based as we know today. So Google Docs wasn't really necessarily a thing back then um, that you were using in any kind of great capacity. So that's kind of what was going on, and that was normal, and that was great. Now, fast forward a few years, what kind of tended to happen, we went through another buzzword at that point in time, which was cloud. What was that? Well, it was the shift to using things like Google Docs, using things like Salesforce, using things like Gmail, all of these things being 
cloud-based and businesses adopting them for their needs. So fast forward to today, you know, all the, the applications that you use, firstly, you know, we haven't even talked about the location you use them from, but the application that you use, they're likely to be SaaS applications. They're likely to be cloud-based enterprise applications. Things like Office 365 has seen a tremendous growth over the past few years. Right. So all of those applications now, again, you might not experience them any differently or think too much about it, but at the back end, they're not housed in a data center that's owned by your company. It's housed in public data centers or by public IS providers that are kind of located all over the world. And the key difference being that they're not actually owned by your company, but they're uh, infrastructure as a service. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the changes that's happened. Also, one of the other things which I alluded to is early in the 2010s, if you're a kind of a, an office type worker, oh, it's in the title, you were going to an office, right, to, to do your job. Now, that same office worker over the years became more and more mobile, if we look at 2020, maybe five days a week in the office, slowly that kind of progressed and you might spend three, four days in the office. Kind of that's where we were before this world-changing event happened that threw um, lighter fluid on this whole process. And we all work from home 24 hours a day, right. 24-7, um, about a year ago. So. The, the pandemic just kind of ignited and, and forced our hand at this progression that was going on anyway of employees not necessarily be 100% being in the office and having that flexibility of working from anywhere. Why do we want to talk about that? What's my point of talking about these things? Well, just by virtue of not necessarily being in one specific spot, place that you're accessing your applications from, as well as your applications moving from where they traditionally were, there's a couple of key challenges that has kind of popped up for IT organizations. It's how do we make sure as an IT team and an organization that we've got the same level of security that our users, our employees would have in a highly secure in terms of networking office versus if they were at a coffee shop or at home. Right. And then secondly, how do we ensure that they've got good performance to carry out their jobs um, when they're not at the office? At the office, we've got all kinds of great equipment to help us um, improve performance. But what about, again, when they're at that coffee shop, when they're at home? How do we make sure that the resources they need to get access to that are now predominantly in multiple cloud environments, they're performing as well as they can? Really, those are the two challenges. How do we make security and quality of experience for users consistent no matter where they are and no matter what device they're using. I mean, it really sounds like quite a headache. If you think about what you've just taken us through, I mean, the journey you described was from a highly controlled environment where the IT team had all of the assets right there on the premises with them in their own data centers so they could control how the servers operated, they controlled all the security, they looked after the perimeter security, so the firewall stuff, they controlled access if people were coming in over VPN. And now the world you've described, absolutely, you're right. I mean, that's the reality now. Everything has fragmented and atomized, really. We've got our cloud-based services we're using. They're located potentially anywhere online. 
and we physically might be located anywhere now. We're not even uh, in the office where uh, we might be in, if we're lucky, we might be in a coffee shop. I'd love to be in a coffee shop right now, <laughs> I have to say, because um, I've been in this home for uh, coming up to a year now and uh, I'm ready for a coffee <laughs> shop, let me tell you. Uh, but yeah, the home office and the, the whole sort of pandemic thing and what that's done for us, clearly there's a lot of thinking needs to go into how we address those problems around the security and the access consistent experience really for the users because we need them to be productive wherever they are whatever the circumstances are that are hitting them right yeah exactly that's kind of where we come into Tosassi now we now have an understanding and i wanted to have that base of having talked about those things so we're all on the same page so sassy is looking to do exactly what the challenges, the two challenges that we talked about. SASE is looking to make security and quality of experience for users consistent across the board, wherever they might be. Mm-hmm. So it's there's so many different versions of what SASE is out there that I've seen. And a lot of them are very, very confusing. And people are really very interested to find out about what SASE is. And, you know, I was frustrated when I was first trying to find out about what it is because there was no agreement anywhere. And if you really like strip away everything, that's really what it's looking to achieve. And by the way, SASE stands for Secure Access Services Edge. So what it's looking to do is, and hopefully the conversation we just went through of kind of where it came from, hopefully, you know, it started in 2010. So it's nothing new, just the term is new, but all the challenges associated with that didn't just kind of happen overnight. They've been happening for a good number of years. The challenges are nothing new, so the solution itself can, by virtue of that, not be new. Like this proposed architecture of what SASE is, it's not something that was just created or thought up Mm. a year ago and everyone's like, wow, okay, never thought of that. That's something that a lot of organizations had been thinking about, but they just perhaps didn't necessarily call it SASE. It sort of makes sense. You can almost understand how this happened because... It feels like something which has crept up on us. As you said, I mean, it's been getting on for a decade in the making, this transition from this on-premises world to this entirely atomized cloud-based world. And, you know, we've all gotten used to, in slow motion, we've all got used to using cloud-based apps. We've all got used to working on VPNs. We've all got, you know, used to a lot more flexibility than, than we had in the past. But we're really reaching a point now, especially with this compelling event of the pandemic that really accelerated, as you said, ignited that whole transition. It's really now forcing us to think about, okay, we really need to address the fundamental challenges that wrap around all of these amazing capabilities that we have now. Sounds like SASE is how we're going to do that. Would that be fair? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we talked about the goal of SASE, what it's looking to achieve, which is make security and experience for users consistent, consistent wherever they might be using whatever device. Now, if we double click and look a layer deeper, SASE proposes that the term, again, this whole proposal of what the architecture is talking about is nothing new. But the term SASE is proposing that we achieve that goal of consistent security and experience wherever you might be by converging technology stacks, namely converging networking, which has a few different components within it. SD-WAN, of course, is a huge component of SASE. If anyone's done any reading about it, it's you know one of the main quote-unquote pillars of SASE. And then within the high-level area networking resides the entire rest of the network sd branch as some might call it but you know it's what we're really talking about there is wireless switching 
and the rest of the network, the rest of the local area network. So it's looking to converge networking with security. Security, what we're talking about here as well, firewall comes to mind, secure web gateways, Caspi, all of those functions come to mind and they're looking to converge both of those and then eventually actually provide that as a service. So we're all very familiar with as a service models now and that's exactly kind of what it's proposing. Bring those two big areas of enterprise technology, networking, security, bring them together, really just mash them together mm. and then be able to provide that completely as one lump sum as a service. Yeah, I like this concept. And I can also see from what you're saying how it's complex and there could be different ways of looking at it, but it's just generally speaking, this is the challenge that we have. And as an industry, we've got to try and address it in some way. So what you're telling me is like, if I wanted to just go out and buy this thing, how do I do that? I mean, can I even do that today? Yeah, good question. Because that's the other thing about Sassy. It's not available today. You can't go out and buy off the shelf a sassy box because it doesn't exist mm. you can't go out and buy a sassy service it doesn't exist there's nobody that has actually packaged up that solution so you can buy it off the shelf really when we talk about sassy having done a lot of research and reading about it earlier on i was talking about there's many many different variations of terminologies about sassy or how it's being defined but there's one thing that's unanimously agreed by all which is rare and something so confusing is that it'll be a journey. It's going to depend on many, many different things, such as your existing infrastructure and any contracts that you might be tied into, which restrict you from, even if you fully bought into SASE, and even if there was something that you could buy off the shelf today, you know, you might still be restricted by the contracts that you have. It might depend on where you are in the world. If you're in an extremely remote location or if you're in a location that the technology just hasn't gotten to yet. Mm. Or if you know, you're know you in a very regulated industry, think HIPAA compliance, HIPAA, FIPS compliance, that might not necessarily allow you to consume all of those SASE technologies. Size of your organization, your investment strategy, and finally, probably the biggest one, the maturing of technology, of SASE technologies themselves. So it's most definitely going to be a journey and it's no one organization is going to have the same path on that SASE journey as another organization. Right. And I can understand from what you're saying, there's so many facets to it that it's not surprising that there are those different interpretations. I think the main thing really, obviously, for folks who are interested in this general area of SASE is that you're you know, working with a vendor who gets it and understands that we are able to put together pieces, components to address these challenges. And so it's a journey that's basically worth pursuing for sure. No doubt about that. And I know from discussions that we've had on this podcast before and even speaking to you before, Imran, you know, Meraki and Cisco collectively, we already have a lot of these pieces, right? So where, where do we fit into this? Yeah, I mean, just before we get into the Meraki and Cisco, it's worth kind of talking about high level. We talked about the technology stacks within SASE and combining them. But how does that look like? What do you need to do outside of any vendor? How can you combine those things together to end up with a solution that is SASE? So, you know, we talked about SD-WAN. We talked about security. Now, one of the big things is cloud security is coming up pretty significantly and, again, accelerated by the pandemic that we were in. Cloud security became very, very important, but it has a lot of the other benefits as well of just generally using the cloud, the scaled, ease of use, etc. So really what 
the first couple of phases are going to look like is if I'm an SD-WAN vendor, I'm going to be trying to either acquire a cloud security or a security stack company or have to develop my own. Vice versa, if I'm a network security company or network security vendor, cloud security vendor, I'm going to be looking to acquire or develop my own SD-WAN. So once you've combined those two technologies, then you're going somewhere because you combine those technologies and then finally all you need to do is package them up in a way which you can consume it as a service we're very familiar with now. Mm -hmm. But one thing along all these kind of phases is consolidation. You've still got to consolidate the technology stacks. You can't underestimate how much work is involved in consolidating a complete networking stack with a complete security stack. Now, you and I are pretty well-versed in this because we've been at Meraki some time and we know the painstaking efforts that we've gone through to be able to essentially do exactly that. We've got a platform that consolidates networking and consolidates network security and not only that, we've got the rest of the local area network, the rest of the SD branch, as well as introducing IoT now. This consolidation can't be underestimated because that's really going to be where the majority of our customers are already thinking about how do I get all of these things onto one management pane? Yeah, and that's going to be the journey that we want to be on, I think, because it's we've had so many different technology solutions to different challenges that we've faced but really trying to look at it holistically and package it as some kind of a service and put a wrap around it, that feels like the holy grail to me. That feels like where we really ultimately want to get to. So what you're saying is that we collectively as Meraki and, and obviously the broader Cisco, we really have a lot of the elements that we need to be able to move ahead on this journey. Yeah, absolutely. Not a lot of the elements. We have exactly all of the elements oh, and we're, we're in such a fortunate place. And again, this isn't something that accidentally happened. Again, we talked about this has been going on for a decade. All the investments Cisco has been making in acquisitions, in development, even acquiring Meraki, that was a very purposeful move to solve this challenge mm. that later on, from a timeline perspective, got coined SASE. So, you know, all these investments in acquisitions that Cisco has been making, Cisco Umbrella is another one of them. You know, we've been planning this for a very long time, just not necessarily thinking about it as SASE. We've been thinking about it from the perspective of our customers. What are their challenges? What kind of acquisitions can we make that's going to really make a meaningful impact for them? You know, I love my analogy. So this is what I'm going to test out with you today. Uh -oh. <laughs> Here we go. And for some reason, all my analogies either start or centered around the iPhone or a smartphone and uh, the car. And I need to branch out to, for the purpose of this. I'm going to go back to my old trusted iPhone analogy. Before iPhones or smartphones came out, we had cameras, standalone cameras that people loved and started using and digital cameras were great and very popular. There was also just the general phone, the mobile phone. It had text messaging and you can make a call. And then you also had your laptop if you wanted to use the internet, browse and any other applications that you or programs as they were called back then uh, wanted to use. If we journey back to a time when those were just separate entities and there was no such thing as a smartphone, you know, when we evaluate the market and say, okay, look, we want to create a smartphone or I want to buy a smartphone, who should I put my money on that's going to create this thing first? 
there was certainly, again, some might say, oh, the biggest part of this is the camera. So I'm going to go invest and put my money on the camera manufacturer. Some might say it's the laptop. I've had the advantage. I'll put my money on them. Some might say it's the actual phone manufacturer. Some might say it's a phone manufacturer who's acquired a, um, or got technology uh, in a separate part of their portfolio for camera. So in this example, we're in an extremely strong position because Cisco has a camera, has a laptop, has the phone, whereas all of our other peers in the industry have either a laptop, either a phone, or either the camera. So we've already got all of those technologies and established technologies and we're market leaders in all those technologies already under one roof. We've got networking, comprehensive check. We've got security, another comprehensive check. And we have it under one roof. We just need to package it up all together. And we're there pretty much. I like the analogy. I do. It's very reminiscent of when Mr. Jobs stood up and introduced the iPhone. So the words, are you getting it? Are you seeing it yet? They're very much in my mind as you go through that. It, sounds, it does a great analogy, Imran. Um, but thank you. But it's, it's true. I'm, I'm surprised that you said great about one thing I did. So thank you. There we go. You know, credit where it's due. It does help us to understand it because like you said, we do have all of these pieces and it's bringing it together that makes it really the smart move, like the smartphone. In this case, it's the smart sassy. Let's trademark that as quickly as we can. But it's really a nice way to think about it, which is that we do have all of these things. It's just that the challenge we face is now pervasive. Everybody is facing this challenge now, especially aggravated by the pandemic. So now is really the time to solve this problem once and for all. And it shouldn't be underestimated. On the Meraki platform, we've made pretty significant strides towards this. So we have SD-WAN powered by Meraki. It's the world's largest SD-WAN provider. Mm. We have the rest of the networking stack, wireless, switching, as well as systems manager, as well as IoT. We've got all that good stuff. Now, our peers over at Cisco Umbrella, they've got best-in-class cloud security. We've got on-prem security if the customers need that. But we're able to very easily today, and this is not very well known, and it should be, we're able to establish connectivity from an MX SD-WAN appliance to Umbrella SIG to be able to offer you a whole suite of best-in-class cloud security capabilities. So we already have that. So we have the ability to not just offer on-premises security, we have the agility to provide customers the option to also integrate their existing infrastructure or the existing portfolio we have with best-in-class cloud security stack. And that's not where we're going to stop, though. Because that kind of solves the challenge of office-based type, consistent security and quality of experience. Mm -hmm. But what about when we're out and about, when we're not at the office, as we're increasingly not? There is development that we're doing, and this is coming up very soon, which really paves a very clear path to being able to have achieved consistency anywhere. So whether I'm in a coffee shop in San Francisco, hopefully that'll happen sometime soon again, or if I'm at home in London, or if I'm perhaps our Tokyo branch office, what we'll be able to do is have SD-WAN connectivity to a global network backbone of points of presence. Mm -hmm. So that wherever I am in the world, I will create an optimized connection, an optimized path, i.e. the least latent path, to a point of presence near me, 
probably because that's going to be the least distance away. Most efficient, yeah. Right. And guess what these pops are? They're umbrella cloud pops. And the other advantage here, as you might be figuring out, is not only am I connecting to a point of presence, but I'm connecting to a point of presence that is infused natively with cloud security. Mm -hmm. So there's no other step in this process. I connect to a point of presence that already has best-in-class cloud security. So I've got security now. So that's basically gotten me consistent security from wherever I am. And then I've got great experience as well because the way I'm connecting to that point of presence is through SD-WAN. And then I can go ahead and from there route myself, myself the traffic, to either the SAS or IaaS workload, if it's available in that local region, to that local region, or wherever it is. So in that way, I've basically got consistent best-in-class security and best-in-class experience for any workload, wherever I am. I really like that. That was an excellent description, and I was following that visually in my mind. Like I could see how this starts to come together, and it is actually a pretty compelling story. So thank you for taking us through that. Like you said, we do have elements of this today with the Meraki platform and certainly with our partners in the rest of Cisco with some of the other amazing technologies that they bring as well to that party. There's a lot going on here. It sounds like it is a an evolving journey, as we said. I guess one of the last things that I want to know, well, it is the last thing for today, is you know where do we go from here in terms of staying tuned with what's happening at Meraki and you know what's going on with our thinking around SASE generally. So what would you recommend for folks with that? Given that people are so thirsty to know more about it, we want to respond to that. So we are going to be, we in fact have launched a blog series. So if you're interested to read more up about kind of what we're colloquially referring to as the prequel to SASE, i.e. Uh, most of what we talked about earlier on, you know, what brought us to needing a SASE solution or needing to, to find out more about SASE. It's all those challenges. So you can read up more about that on our blog. I mentioned it is a series, so keep checking back because we're going to be adding more chapters to that series, blog posts that talk deeper into the technology behind SASE, expand about, you know, as we make those product developments, about the points of presence I was talking about. So that's well worth keeping in mind. But also, I talked about it a little bit earlier on, you can begin your SASE journey with Cisco Meraki today. So Meraki has a globally proven platform that gives enterprises the control that they need to build a SASE solution that suits their needs today. So again, we're not going to get into conversation or a debate about what SASE is, because that's not really the point of this. SASE is solving a solution. So whatever your problem is, we have a platform that will allow you to solve your particular challenge in the simplest way possible, as well as easily adapting to your needs in the future, whatever that might be. One of the things that we say about the platform, it's a great partner in crime to take advantage of new opportunities, implement new initiatives very easily and quickly. So we've got best-in-class networking and network security that are converged onto one platform already in the simplest way you could imagine. And then the platform takes the complexity out of all of those steps that you might need to take in whatever order you as an enterprise and as an organization need to take for your particular use case and your particular circumstances. And then we've got open APIs for seamless integration across the broader Cisco portfolio and technologies, as well as third-party systems. So again, we appreciate that not all organizations are going to be able to go through this journey as quickly as some. Some will have other restrictions, 
And so we've got an open platform that allows you to integrate with whatever you might have today while you might be restricting keeping that. And whenever you are in a position to upgrade that to technology the market platform has, it's available to you. Love it. And I think what I really liked what you were saying in there was just a reminder about the mantra for us at Meraki, which is around that simplicity. And, you know, it's a word that's so overused nowadays, but it's something we've held close to our hearts. It's been like our North Star all the way through this journey as a business. And you can see how if you think about all of the elements you've touched on today, there's a lot there. There are many different things in there. And, you know, what our customers, I think, are looking for is some help. They're looking for an easier way to implement and get away from this point solution hell, which can build up if you're not careful, and really just look at it from a solution perspective. So sounds like Meraki is well-placed, as you said, to be able to sort of shift direction quickly, to be able to adapt, to be agile, to be able to address challenges like this to, to help our customers, really. Yep. Perfect. Well, I can't think of a better way to end, really. A nice high note there. As we said, please go and check out those blog posts because, as Imran said, this is an unfolding story and we're going to be telling that story over the coming sort of months and quite possibly years as well. I feel like there's a lot of road in front of us here and Imran, I'm sure, will be back again on this podcast doing another episode at some point in the future. But for now, um, Imran, thanks a lot for joining us and taking us through that. Yeah, thanks for having me. I look forward to our next podcast together. So um, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. And I hope you found that useful episode. We do really try to demystify this technology as much as possible. If there are elements of it which you'd like to dive into in more detail, areas that you'd like us to expand on, that's what we're here for. We want this to be responsive for you. This is ultimately a podcast we put on for you. So once again, you know, if you do want to give us some feedback, you know, throw in some ideas, maybe uh, also potentially appear on the podcast to talk about your sassy journey. Absolutely would love that. So please do reach out. As I said, again, find me on Twitter at Meraki Simon and let's get connected and we'll make it happen. All right, with that, it's time to wrap up another episode of Meraki Unboxed. We'll be back in two more weeks, so stay tuned. We will be back with some more interesting content crossing over the technology and the aspects of our business that we think will be of interest to you. So I hope you can join us for that next time around. Thanks very much. Uh, stay safe, and we'll get back in those coffee shops eventually. Hang in there. All right, bye for now. Bye for now.